Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about adulting successfully. Oh my goodness. Let's be honest. This is a thing that that comes across every adult's mind. Like, am I really doing this right? You know, these are the questions we think about. So luckily for me, I have Sarah on my podcast today who is going to be sharing her knowledge on this because you know what? This is what she does. She helps people adult successfully. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on my show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mitzi. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. This is exciting because I was looking through your website and I was just, and when I seen your request about adulting successfully, I was just like, yes, this is a topic that we need to think about because I guess it goes straight to my question. How do we know we are adulting successfully? You know, there's kind of a simple and a complicated answer to that. You don't. (laughs) That's simple. You don't know that you're doing it successfully. (laughs) Um, And if you are feeling, you know, anxious, overwhelmed, like you're failing, that is probably an indication that something needs to change in the way that you're either looking at things or approaching things or thinking about things as you like to talk about. So uh, what I do is I help people kind of unpack what's actually coming at them and separate what they have control over from what they don't have control over. Because most of the time when we feel like we're failing and we suck at it, it's because we're trying to control things that are just naturally out of our control. So. That's that's sort of the short answer, I guess. I love that answer. No, I love that (laughs) answer because I think I say that all the time to myself as like a reminder is like, what can I control and what can I not control? What am I thinking about that is causing me to feel that it's uncontrollable, but can I really do anything about it? And I love that you said that because it's a realistic question that we need to ask ourselves. You know, we need to really take those hard questions and be like, is it just me? Because <laughs> usually yeah. it is. It is our mind. We all, and we all want control. We all want to be in charge of our own lives. Yeah. And we can't be in charge of everything because then that's when we get anxious and frustrated. And um, the other piece of it is managing expectations, like mm. taking a look and saying, well, what did I actually expect was going to happen? Because again, when we're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or anxious, Maybe it's because you expected things to go differently than they did. And if we can maybe check our expectations beforehand and then do what we can that's in our control to to influence the outcome in in the way we want to, the way we're hoping or expecting it to go, then it gives us more of a sense of control. And we know what we expected to begin with. So when we are disappointed, frustrated, or upset, we can say, oh, well, it's because things didn't go the way I expected. And then we can shift and move from there and say, well, were my expectations realistic? Were they reasonable? And what could I do differently to get closer next time? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it made me think about um, a lot of the times people end up just saying, I'm just not going to set my hopes so high. Hmm. What do you what do you say to those type of people? Because I'm pretty sure you come across those type of young adults, teens, you know, hmm. that that just say, "I just stop um, setting my bar high." I mean, what what do you say for those? 
Well, again, that sort of that has a simple answer and a complex answer. It kind of depends on the situation to go to the more complex answer. It kind of depends on the situation is it it really involves a lot of self-reflection. There's nothing wrong with setting the bar high, especially if you value things like excellence or performance or achievement. There is absolutely nothing wrong with putting the bar high. The, the problem is when it becomes unrealistic or not specific, if you yeah. can, if you can set more of an intention than a goal, then that starts to get you into the practice of sort of knowing what you're going in to do. And again, putting it, putting it as much in your control as possible and not expecting somebody to be somebody they're not or expecting a circumstance to go a certain way when it's out of your control. So again, putting that control back on you, like what choice can I make? What am I really expecting? What do I want out of this situation or this circumstance or this choice or activity? And then going in with that lens actually helps you see more clearly when those things show up, the things you actually want. So it's more of an intention setting is is kind of how I work because I don't like goals. Goals yeah. is really hard for me. They, they seem overwhelming and I am not great at the analytical reverse engineering of a goal into small steps. Mm-hmm. Some people are great at that and some coaches are wonderful at that. And that's why I have coaches to help me mm-hmm. with that. When I work with students, young adults, um, it, it does become a, what do you value? Who are you? What are you good at? And what went right? So we really reframe that self-evaluation or that disappointment into, well, what did you like about how you handled it? Or what went right in that situation? So it we're, we're naturally inclined to look at the negative. What went wrong? How am I disappointed? Oh, this is so frustrating. And and our whole society is about complaining and think you're not good enough and you need this product to make you better or whatever. Like we're trained from birth that we are not good enough, that nothing's going to go right. And we all know that intellectually that's not true. We still feel it. (laughs) So when I start asking questions, it's, what went right? What are you proud of? Yeah. How did that work out in your favor, even if it felt disappointing in the moment? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good way to really think about it. And what made you go into adulting, you know, coach in in this in this league? I mean, in this area more so because you could have coached anything, you know, but why help young adults and students, you know, figure this out? I mean, we never had that. I mean, is that kind of why? <laughs> right. That's it's a great question. And it, I, I think it speaks to the generation coming up right now is they are really self-aware and they know that mental health is a huge deal and taking care of themselves and prioritizing themselves is important. Doing their work is important. They see their parents going through things like like I went through where I had a bunch of different jobs. I didn't really have a career track. I went to college and grad school. I have all this student debt and I'm not necessarily using my degrees in the way that I thought I would. So those of us in the older generations are going, well, Maybe we did it wrong, but we did the best we could. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I don't like to say we did it right or wrong or anybody is right or wrong or good or bad. It's, it is what it is. And we learned these lessons. Yeah. So we're teaching, I mean, I, I have three sons. I'm teaching them how to use those lenses of what can I control? What went right? What am I good at? What did I like? So that they feel empowered to make choices that align with those those things that they're proud of in themselves or the things they value. And as I got into coaching, this was uh, post-pandemic, I had had a number of coaches and realized that the coaching really helped me build resilience and confidence in myself. And as I started into coaching, I kind of was all over. I didn't really know who I was going to coach. I said, I can help anybody and I can. Um, But the more I put myself out there as a coach, I talked about balance, about uh, defending yourself from anxiety and, and really taking charge and ownership of your life. And the more I put myself out there with that type of message, the more people asked me, do you work with teenagers because they're struggling and they're need they they're struggling with this stuff? They need you, like they need this exact thing you're talking about. So, the by the time the third or fourth person asked me, I had to take a step back and go, okay, is this something I want to do? Yeah. And as I work with young people, I have worked with families and you know little kids and even tweens and teens uh, in various jobs I had. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what, if this is where people are asking me to step into, uh, I'm a believer. So my faith was like, okay, well, if God is bringing me here, if God is leading me in this direction, mm-hmm. then I have to give it a shot and I have to see what what can open up for me in that space. And it has been so beautiful and rewarding. And I'm just, I am really excited about the next generation, about Gen Z and the ones coming up after they're really powerful. And a lot of adults in older generations are like, no, they're lazy. They're entitled. That's not true. That's not true. They really want to make a difference. They want to make an impact. They want to be their best selves and they just need a little help. They just need a little guidance from people who can, can equip them with the tools they need. Wow. That's a powerful statement. Well, in itself, that is a very powerful statement because I think people do need to see that the next generation has more ability to make changes that will make a ripple effect that that'll go in a positive direction. Because for some reason, we have just been copying, pasting, copying, pasting, and duplicating and repeating history, despite the fact of our knowledge of history. You know what I mean? So we were just bounded by the fear versus questioning tradition and questioning our surroundings and now we are allowing the next generation to do that and i can only imagine what's going to happen if we allow the next the next is going to do the same thing and so on and so forth so it does make a positive ripple effect that we finally needed but we we don't know if we're going to be able to see it or not, you know, because our minds are so stuck in the same and it's so hard to change and it's difficult. So I guess it, it kind of leads kind of leads to my next question is like, how do you necessarily know the difference between enabling and versus actually helping? Because I think that was the biggest problem from the generations behind us is that they think they're helping, but in actuality, they were enabling so in your opinion, what's what's the difference? 
that kind of goes into what I was going to add to what you just said as well is Perfect. we need to do, we need to do our work. Uh, you know, I'm Gen X and I see around me, my generation, generations, even uh, in the boomer generation and, and millennials, the millennials are really doing their work. Gen X is starting to, and even the boomers are starting to kind of wake up and realize that the way that things have always been done is not always the most effective. And it, it goes back to that self-reflection. What's in my control? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? And it comes down to relationships, connection with each other. If we want to make an impact, we have to have empathy and we have to we have to try. We're not going to do it right. I always like to say, I give people the courage to suck at something new. Mm-hmm. And that is what we kind of have to step into doing is sucking at it a little bit, but making the effort because when we're authentic about what we're trying to do and the intention that we're setting to, to put out into the world, that's when this brilliance shows up where we can actually find common ground and work together. So as far as like enabling and encouraging, what's the difference? It's, it's kind of different in each situation again. Yeah, it really is. It's very subjective. Everyone's going to be different. Yeah. When, when a kid can't pick up the phone and make their own doctor's appointment, then maybe they've been enabled to avoid that for a while. Mm-hmm. I think we get caught up, especially as parents, sometimes we get caught up in the, like just the juggling and managing of our own day-to-day life yeah. that we sometimes forget to take a step back and realize that our kids actually need us to come alongside them mm-hmm. and not do things for them, but do things with them. Yes. So sitting down and saying, hey, I'm going to make you your doctor's appointment right now. Let's put it on speakerphone so you can see that it's not that big a deal. Yeah. You know, so that they get familiar because that's the biggest fear I see is the fear of unknown. They don't know like the reaction of somebody else, what it's going to be when they're in a new situation and they think he's judging them because that's what the social media has led us to do is watch and judge people. So so when, when it's putting yourself out there in real life, it's terrifying. Yeah. There's a job interview or making a phone call or anything like that. It, It can be really terrifying if there's not the practice in a safe way if somebody hey somebody's with me they've they've got my back they know what's going on so it is it's doing things with instead of for your kids yeah i, I do think that's very important because when you were speaking i was just reflecting back on situations where i've had like these crippling moments or just like Ugh, because I, I feel like it comes to a point where your parents either enabled or your parents stood by you and helped you along the way or they didn't do nothing for you. You know what I mean? That's where parents fall in. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, the people that feel like their parents didn't do anything, they feel like, okay, we could do this because we've been doing this since forever. But the ones that have been walking alongside, they're like, okay, I'm a little bit more confident because I know it's not that bad. But the ones that get thrown out there and they're just... 
from being a you sister. You have to figure it out. <laughs> you you have to figure it out. And if you don't have that actual assistance or not or or that outlet to somebody, it is crippling. And that's the reason why you hear about that there's so many people with severe anxiety. You know, it's because of that fear of the unknown, like you were talking about, just yeah. not knowing of what's going to happen on the other side is just, oh, is drenching, you know. And, and, the, and, and the pandemic did not help that at all. But that ad, And it was there before 2020. It definitely was. It was definitely there. And the pandemic did not help because the entire lives just stripped away everything that was important and meaningful, the connections that people had especially young people, the milestones that they, uh, the rites of passage that they need to go through in some way was all, was all stripped away. So that just added to it because I, I feel like a lot of them are just kind of, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? When is that going to happen again? Why should I get attached to anything when it could all just be taken away. So that is definitely part of our conversations at times, especially dealing with anxiety or depression or lack of motivation or direction is, well, what if it does? <laughs> and can yeah. we be okay? Can exactly. we still be okay if and when the next big thing happens that shakes the world? Yeah. And I we can be. It's yeah. just not easy <laughs> and we don't want to do things that aren't easy <laughs> i know that's the problem but i think that's a skill that we all are learning together as humanity grows Absolutely. and evolves is that we need to become more adaptable adaptable to changes adaptable to whatever whatever life decides to throw at us as long as you're able to be adaptable then you most definitely are able to survive because you know, the caveman's right. here. Now we're here. Now we're here, right? <laughs> right. We're still here. So there's got to be some reason. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess to start wrapping up the show, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Sarah. What can be some lasting words like we can truly think about, even though you already gave us much, so much oh, I to feel truly like we think could about. Keep talking. I know. It's so comfortable. <laughs> I, I do feel like we could keep talking. I, yeah. I, I usually. I usually think about this a little more in advance, but based on what we've kind of talked about, about control and intention, I firmly believe that every everything in our lives is a result of the choices we make. And you have the power to make a different choice if you want a different kind of life. So every choice, big and small, is a choice that's in your control. Not making a choice is still a choice. So make the make the best choice that you can in the moment. And if you know better, do better. Yeah, make a different awesome. choice. Awesome. I like that very much. That is truly something to think about. Because somebody else said that to me too, where if you're not choosing, no, if you're not changing, you're still, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was so good. Sometimes it takes a ton of work to stay the same or to keep things the same when they're not meant to stay the same. So you yes. can waste a lot of energy trying to keep things the way they are. That's true. And if exactly. you can let go or release or make a different choice or choose to step into it and get excited about it, then you you don't have to spend all that energy trying to hold it together when it's meant to fall apart. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And when and I think self-discipline is very keen, especially for those things that we know we have to do, but we just don't yeah. want to do because of the, the feeling or the <laughs> mood that we're in. And I think that's when self-discipline is very important because you have to consciously do the things that are hard sometimes. Right. You sometimes know you have to which hard is good and bad. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you have to set up your choices in advance so that when you don't feel like it, you've already made the choice. So you have, so you're committed. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, it's already there. It's based on it. what you've already committed to, not based on how you feel in the moment. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's discipline. Right. Exactly what you're saying. I love it. I swear this has been such a great time, Sarah, a lot better than, you know, a lot than what I expected, but I don't really expect much going into conversations, you know, but coming out, it's always nice to get that extra energy after because it's, you know, sometimes you hear adulting and you think we're going to talk about taxes and that's not what I do. Right. Like, no, we're not going to talk about taxes and HR and how to file for W2s. Like, no, we're, we're past that. Let's go back to our minds because at the end of the day, Somebody else will help you through that. <laughs> right. That's that's where it all starts. Once you once you have your perspective the way where it needs to be, then the rest of the stuff is it's just something that gets done. Yeah, it just rolls it just rolls on through. It's like a ball. Once you get it rolling, boom. It's it's easy peasy after that. Well not easy peasy, believe me, it doesn't get easy, but you <laughs> but know, you keep going. Yeah, exactly. You can still roll with the punches. It gets better, you know. You handle it better, that's for sure. Right. So, well, thank you so much again for coming on my show. That's it. That's the show, y'all. Always, always, always keep thinking. Be safe out there. Bye.